Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Chip Herring, 40, Spongebob. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. What's up, Pax, and welcome to another episode of the Hunt for Wellness podcast, where we are interviewing leading health experts and Pax with health transformation stories, including those that live in a pineapple under the sea. That's right. Today's guest is none other than Chip Herring, or SpongeBob, as he is known in the gloom to his F3 brothers. Chip and I had a great conversation about he went from a fitness enthusiast who completed marathons and 50Ks to a fat, out-of-shape 40-year-old as a result of the pandemic. We discussed what finally motivated him to get back on track and how F3 played a pivotal role in him achieving his health goals. Chip shares his diet approach that jump-started his weight loss, his secret to making sure he gets plenty of water, and why a cheat day is not optimal and what you should do instead, and so much more. And as always, if you like this episode, be sure to share it with your friends, family, and other packs in your region. Now for today's episode. Welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones, and uh, I'm super excited about our show and our guest today. I have Chip Herring, otherwise known as SpongeBob, with me. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for allowing us this opportunity to get to know you and and learn a little bit about your story. Now, um, Speaking of that, uh, obviously you're an F3 guy with a name like SpongeBob. Uh, walk us through that process. Tell us uh, a little bit about who you are, where you post, and and why the name SpongeBob. Sure. So I, I I'm 40 years old. I was born and raised in Eastern North Carolina. Moved to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, for about three or four years for work, and I I work in, I sell software, and then came back here. Uh, always been pretty active about things. Uh, so whenever I posted for the first time as FNG. They had a hard time naming me that. What's your favorite food? And most people say pizza or steak. I was like, I like pineapple a lot. I just always have. And so they were like, well, SpongeBob it is then. I'm like, of course it is. Why not, right? It wouldn't be F3 if it wasn't. That's right. That, uh, yeah, they. I can see how they got there. I just wouldn't have probably put all that together. So 
despite everything else you said about yourself, that's the one thing that stuck, huh? Pineapple. Pineapple, yeah. Yeah, they're like, what do you do for fun? You know, like I like sports, baseball, etc. You know, I like uh, you know, reading, etc. And they were like, Well, pineapple. So now whenever I post on Slack that you know the, the pre-blast or whatnot, I put a spine I put a SpongeBob lifting pineapples under the sea up there. Yeah, I got it. Well, that's I just perfect. I figured now, I'd just embrace it. Sure. Well, you might as well. I, I found that packs <laughs> that don't embrace their name uh find themselves in a world of hurt because then they get renamed something worse. And so yeah. <laughs> smile at grin and bear it so do you have 2.0s i mean were you familiar with spongebob yeah i i, I don't anymore but i was i used to date someone i was engaged and she had a little son so i uh, very okay. familiar with spongebob so when they got it i kind of rolled my eyes i was like that's definitely gonna stick that's not going anywhere else so. <laughs> i got it so yeah, you said what, what re- of it. um and what region are you posting with primarily i primarily post with f3 kinston so they are okay. about uh, about a 30, 45 minute drive south of Greenville, North Carolina, uh, where F3 ENC is, where Grow Rook 26 is going to be. Gotcha. Now, did you start in Kingston or did you start somewhere else and then migrated to that? Region? I, I actually, an old childhood buddy of mine named Mayhem, uh, he, he's the one that headlocked me. And I said, you know, what? I'll try it out. Went out on Saturday morning, thought I was like in pretty decent shape and then did a pretty good beat down for a boot camp type workout and realized that that there was guys 15, 20 years older than me that was in much better shape than I am. So it was definitely a challenge from the get-go, but that's kind of what hooked me into it. Yeah, it's a wake-up call when you're kind of on your own island thinking that you're accelerating, and then you get to the gloom and you see these guys, uh, to your point, much older. We have a few guys in our region that are a good 10 years older than I am, uh, mid-50s really, and uh, they just get after it. And, and it's, a, it's a struggle to keep up with them. So it's, a, it's inspiring but at the same time, a lot, you know, uh, it's a gut check for sure, as far as where you are in the scheme of your own personal fitness. Okay. 100%. So you, so you started, uh, F3 <clears throat> Kingston. Uh, what year was this? Uh, I started F3 in June of last year. So June okay. of 2021. So not quite a year yet, not yet. Um, as far as that goes. So, all right, well, um, we're going to kind of dive in a little bit more of that story today and, and PAX, I, I, have SpongeBob on the podcast uh, today because he is a cousin of a previous guest of the podcast, Whaler. And if you guys remember his story, he had talked about his cousin who headlocked him into getting into shape and and doing some exercise and showing up on the front door and and really kind of embracing that F3 spirit of getting another man to accelerate. Well, he was referring to the one and only SpongeBob who we have on the podcast today. So we're going to learn a little bit about his own journey, um, his F3 experience and and some of the things that he's learned just personally to really accelerate his king and queen over the last uh, probably couple of years, but certainly since F3 has been part of his life. So back us up a little bit, SpongeBob, kind of bring us back to that point, maybe year, two years, wherever that was for you, where your health wasn't top priority and where you were as far as how you felt and and so forth and what really motivated you to start moving in this direction sure so i let's see it was probably 2017 2018 i got really active in the running and i honestly i'm i'm not very tall i'm like five nine on a good day i would say you know the older i get i think i shrink a little bit but i i'm a pretty decently short guy but at the time i I only weighed maybe 178 180 pounds you know because i was i thought i was in pretty good shape and then 
of course, COVID hit, and uh, when COVID when COVID hit, I just got lazy. To be honest with you, you know, I really I found out I would rely on the gym and and the going into the office every day, and and so I just overate and overate and overate, and before you know it, you know, I had gained a little bit of weight here and there. I was like, okay, I'm a little big, and then I had got about two hundred thirty eight pounds. <laughs> so you can tell wow. I was, you know. And my ideal weight, if I, you know, right now I would like to be, which I am, I mean, about 195, 200 pounds, uh, you know, pretty solid, but that, but I mean, that was still a lot of weight, you know, to almost 50 pound difference. So, uh, I, we started, uh, some online training. I got Whaler up there one day. I, I saw him and I said, Hey man, we are, we are fat. There's no way to, there's no way to do it. Like we are fat and we are young. And if we don't, we don't combat this problem now, this is only going to get worse, you know? And I said, if I'm, if I'm 40 years old and, and I can do it, then you're going to do it with me, you know? And I, and he was right on board with it. He was like, I know we got to do something. So we started working out and, you know, saw some decent results, I guess, like from a physical fitness standpoint, you know, you could not really any weight loss, but more so uh, just, you know, where we get stronger, of course, you know, I mean, you're in the gym, you're doing some push-ups, you're running a little bit, you know, but we weren't really changing the way we ate. And so after about four months of that, I was like, Hey man, we're, we've lost five pounds in four months. <laughs> I mean, we we can run faster. We're stronger. You know, we can do more body weight stuff, but what, what could we do if we just shave down five more pounds and five more pounds and five more pounds? So, uh, and then of course, you know, Whaler, he's lost almost a little bit, 75 pounds. Whereas for me, I lost about 35 pounds, you know, 35, 40 pounds. So, but still it was a lot of extra weight and that's how it kind of, that's how the ball kind of got kicked off really was just going in trying to exercise a couple of days a week. And then with the meal plan, it was more about, Hey, let's just try to not eat one bad meal a day. Like just try to change, convert one meal to a good meal, you know? And that's kind of how we, that's kind of how it cascaded when I, when I first started. So I, I just got tired of sitting on the couch and I woke up one day and I took a picture around Christmas time and I was like, man, that's a big belly. I got to get rid of that. <laughs> Now, was yeah, this 2019 when you yeah. were, mm-hmm. okay, so um, kind of pre-COVID, you've noticed that you were getting big. No, it was and, uh, 2020, oh. sorry. 2020. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so during 2020, you kind of noticed. Yep. So prior to COVID, you were, you, were, um, you were going to the gym on a regular basis. Yeah, for Pre- sure. I, mean, when okay. I, was, okay. know, I, had, I had just moved back from Nashville, Tennessee, back to back to North Carolina, and I but I was, you know, we were, I was going before work every day, you know, sometimes working out a couple times a day, three days a week, just making sure I got some runs in. You know, at the time I, I was doing uh, the rock and roll uh, music city marathon up there. I, I did a, so I did a, a, a 50k ultra trail marathon type run. And uh, so I just got, I just enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed the scenery, the hills and the mountains and everything. And then of course COVID hit. And instead of continuing my running outside, I just didn't do anything. <laughs> And then I gotcha. it, it worse. And then of course, you know, when you got the fridge right behind you and you work from home, it's just too tempting. You know, I mean, that's yeah. Kind of- yeah. I think uh, COVID threw a lot of people off, especially if they weren't plugged into an external group, like an F3 or somebody to keep them accountable and keep them going, which is kind of a good testimony to the importance of things like F3 and having those accountability partners, because here you are somebody that prior to the pandemic was able to uh, pretty consistently get out there and do some things, go to the gym, like you said, um, run outside, 
but as soon as some of those things were taken away from you, some of some of that adversity hit your life, yeah, you found yourself not able to figure out, uh, you know, or at least be motivated enough to to do that until you until you kind of reevaluated um, your scenario and then got hooked up with, I'm assuming F3, maybe something else before F3, but kind we, of well, we had, a, we the, had a personal trainer that really, we had, well, the first thing we had to do was learn how to eat because neither one of us really knew how to, you know what I mean? Okay. Other than counting some calories and we were, we knew we were working out pretty hard. So I just had to get a baseline on, Hey, how do we, how do we eat per, for weight loss and performance? You know what I mean? We still got to provide energy for our body so we did start with a personal trainer and i uh, and we learned how to eat of course we were working out with her but we're the we, and we had lost a pretty good amount of weight but where we really got in shape was when it, when f3 started when we started f3 because I, st- I started one week and then had a lot whaler and he went the following week you know um, okay well yeah let's unpack that a little bit you mentioned something important about food you mentioned uh you were doing some good things and you were seeing some results. And then it wasn't until you kind of added that food component piece to the puzzle that you really saw some acceleration in, in some of your weight loss and some of your health goals. So walk us through some of those uh, things that you learned that really worked for you from a food standpoint. Well, the, the first thing was develop one good habit a week is what I try to do. So that, that's because my gesture has always been food probably always will be i mean i can just tell you right now i love food i like everything about it i mean it's just and it's my weakness i can eat most people can eat a steak and a baked potato i could probably eat the the bread that the bread rolls the appetizer everything else and still eat all that stuff when it comes out so it was number one was portion control and so i just i, I for the first two weeks to be honest with you i probably lost five pounds just by portion control only so what i did was i put a i had like there was a clock on my plate you know and i put 40 percent protein 40 percent fibrous carbs like greens vegetables stuff like that and then only 20 percent starchy carbs like rice or beans or, or potatoes you know and that's literally how i started and I, what my goal was to try to do that once a day you know and i ended up doing it two or three times a day after the first couple of days because i said hey that's easy and then i and the trick i used for the pores control outside of that was i would just drink about 10 ounces of water prior to eating my meal and then all the food was swelled in, you know, in my belly. And I was like, Hey, I, I can, now I feel full. I feel satiated. So that's yeah, kind of that, how I started with it. No, 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 those are good little tips and tricks to think about. I mean, I, I love a, the, the foundational thought process, which was take one step at a time, you know, mm-hmm. make one change or change one meal versus having that uh, thought process that tomorrow I have to be a completely different person and, and change everything about what I'm doing. I like that systematic yeah, approach because I think to your point, all of us can take a simple step. And then as we take that simple step over and over again, we're able to escalate it to the two and three. And to your point, you found that the more you did the one, two and three were easy because you, you kind of were getting used to that, that one. So I, I, I like that. Um, I like the clock approach. I think that's a good analogy, certainly visually speaking, as far as when someone looks or evaluates what they're eating uh, in a, in a set meal to, to make sure that they're kind of balancing it out, um, relatively well. Um, you know, I, I think that's something that people can gravitate towards and, and, and something that sounds easy. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think those are really good. And, and as far as the drinking, the water thing, you know, most of the time hunger is masqueraded as, as, um, 
or excuse me, uh, thirst is masqueraded as hunger. And, 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 and many times we feel hungry when in fact, all we really need to do is drink some more fluid water, preferably, but you know, you can drink other things like coffee or tea or whatever. And that I found that with intermittent fasting to be one of the ways that I'm capable of getting through most mornings, even on mornings where I might be struggling with hunger by drinking more water um, and, and having that satiation feeling uh, up front before you start eating uh, is, is certainly a good little tactic and trick because we do know that when it comes to feeling full or feeling satiated, it sometimes takes the body about 20 minutes to identify that. So, you know, if you feel full and you're still eating, that means about 20 minutes ago, you should have quit. And, 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 and so by adding the water prior, you're kind of already setting yourself up with some of that so that it, it helps that portion control. Well, very cool. So what other strategies in addition to that, did you start implementing? So I really started worrying about my, my water intake, to be honest with you, because I, I realized I was, I, you know, I gave up soft drinks. I, I mean, years ago, to be honest with you, that wasn't really the problem for me. I'm not, the sugar cravings weren't an issue for me at all, uh, or the caffeine or whatnot, but the coffee, I still like my coffee now. I just didn't like the soft drinks. So, but what I did was I, I, of course, I was very, I would say very ignorant about like nutrition in general. So I just thought you drank some water when you were thirsty and that's it. And water was better for you than colas or whatever, you know? And so, uh, but then I started reading up on it a lot and was like, Hey, you know, I'm supposed to be drinking half my body weight, at least as the foundation in water every day. And then I thought, well, how in the world am I going to get that in? You know? So uh, my first thing was I got to get the water in, you know? So I would wake up every morning and um, uh, then I read somewhere online that, that I, it's a good, it's a good practice when you first wake up in the morning, drink eight to 16 ounces of, of water, like room temperature water. Cause if you think about it, you're, you're dehydrated really as soon as you wake up. So I started doing that. And then I found, Hey, if I start my water, as soon as I wake up, brush my teeth, go work out, drink another bottle of water afterwards, I'm already kind of 32 ounces into a hundred ounce a day. And then it was became very manageable. And I was you know, at first, when I first started that I was drinking water way too late. And of course I was up all night long using the bathroom because I was, I don't know how people get in a gallon of water a day, but it's just, it's, it's with starting faster. And then to your point of intermittent fasting, I, I do that a lot. So, I mean, there's very rarely why not do that. You know, um, in the, I, I normally go from like 10 to six or either 11 to seven, but I try to make sure it's all an eight hour block. And how I get through that is that I just drink a lot of water. If we're waking up at 0400 to go work out for EC at 0445, for instance, you know, that's a long time to be up and active without eating. And so, uh, but you know, you, you drink your water in there and then before you know it, you're like, Hey, I'm not really that, that hungry. So I'm not hungry at all. And there was plenty of times when I started doing that too, that I would honestly, I, I would, I realized I was like, I'm not even hungry at all. So I just put, I just wrapped the food up and put it back in the refrigerator to be honest with you. I mean, I was like, that was just water, you know? And so that's really how I started learning portion control on it. And then I, then I started dialing it in like, Hey, what is uh, I don't do macros and like bodybuilder type stuff or nothing like that. I just said, what's a, what's the way I can go out to a restaurant and eat without, without having to make a total life change in a healthy way. And if I eat right the rest of the, the rest of the time at home and how do I go do that? Right. So then I started mm -hmm. to learn how to meal prep. And then that's, that's when things really took off as far as I I'm very analytical. So I just analyze what I would normally try to eat and calorie wise on a, on a weekly basis and said, that's pretty attainable. If I just meal prep a couple of times a week and then go out for dinner one night a week, you know I mean? That's, that's kind of my thought, my thought process behind it. 
Yeah, I mean, all good things. Uh, you know, to your point, the the first thing in the morning, drinking that cup of water or glass of water is is optimal. I've I've shared that tip a couple times throughout the podcast. You know, uh, whether it's this one or on the COT tips, just because it is so important, but overlooked by so many people. I mean, so many people wake up and the last thing they do, or the the, the farthest thing from their mind is kind of chugging all that water because they think of things like coffee or uh, energy drinks or something else that, that, that they may be attracted to and not realizing that we are absolutely dehydrated first thing in the morning. I mean, you just went at least six, maybe eight, 10, sometimes hours without any water and uh, you definitely need it. So, uh, to, and to your point as well, um, doing it that early and kind of getting the ball rolling makes it less of a, the end of day, kind of cram session to yeah. get it all in now throughout the day do you set like little reminders to drink water how, i mean how do you gauge your thirst throughout I the do. day i do now now right now i don't have to but when i first started for probably man probably the first six to eight months i bought a little water bottle a gallon jug off of amazon that just had mm -hmm. 7 a.m 9 a.m had every two hours and that water line had to go down and so i just stayed basically you know four hours ahead of that you know i would I, or two hours at least, I would say five, 4 a.m., you know, 6 a.m. or 5 a.m., mm -hmm. 7 a.m. And that way I'd be done with it because, you know, it's 12 hours. So, uh, but anyway, it went down the line. So I, I just was like, I would just look at that bottle. I knew it was odd hours at the time or even hours, one of the two. And so I, every time it was like 10 o'clock, I'd look at the water bottle and see if I was at the 10 a.m. line or not. If not, I would drink just yeah. to kind of make sure I was getting in all day. And now, now what I do is I just, uh, I know for 100 ounces a day, I'll, I'll just drink five 20 ounce bottles, you know, throughout the day. Okay. So it's pretty easy to get with my meals like that. Cause I mean, if I start early in the morning, if I drink a bottle before I go to work out and a bottle when I'm out, out of workout after I work out, I only got to get three more in for I'm at a hundred ounces. And then what I normally do is add 16 to 24 ounces roughly for how many okay. hours, per how many hours of exercise. So if I'm going to be working out, let's say for an hour, then I know I got to drink another bottle of water. I got it. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Obviously, if you're exerting energy and sweating and losing some of that water, now, do you add things like electrolytes or salt back into the water? I mean, do you find uh, that every now and then I, I do? Okay. I mean, I don't really do a lot of things with high sodium in it. I'll get the the three X multipliers with low sodium, but I either get like the drip drops or I'll get the tailwinds or I'll get the um, or even the PD light pouches. To be honest with you, you know, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I'll do that. If I'm, if I know I'm going to have a, a hard workout, like a long run or a long rug or a three hour workout on Saturday, I typically will do my electrolyte load and my carb load type thing the day before instead of the day of. So I'll eat a, I'll eat a heavier lunch that day. And I, I also drink, you know, probably 40 ounces uh, of, you know, a mixture of 40 ounces. So it's like two different packs of those little, you know, electrolytes mm -hmm. you can build in there yeah. that morning and one that afternoon. And I find that I'm, I'm pretty good in the next day. Got it. Okay. And then, so as far as the rest of the time, it's mainly just straight up water um, yeah. as far as that goes. For the most yeah. part. And I, and I got so used to drinking room temperature water that, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I to me, I, I prefer that over cold water now. I don't even, I just rather just sit out, sit out in the, in the living room or something. You know, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Now you mentioned uh, the intermittent fasting. It sounds like you do the 16, eight, uh, model of the intermittent fasting. How long have you been doing that specifically? Uh, I think probably over the last year or so, all but maybe two months. Okay. 
Yeah. So I, there was a there was probably a month, a two two or three period in between, like in the spring, and then uh, due to some injuries, I just didn't do it, you know. And in the fall, I had a, I had a surgery. So, I, but outside of that, I've been doing it. That's really what helped me, like really cat. That was the catalyst of me losing two to three pounds of fat per week. Is just condensing that down and then find, figuring out a way not to be hungry the other times, you know. Uh, but the water, water was a trick with that. But the intermittent fasting, I mean, I think to me, that's probably the fastest way you can get healthier quicker, to be honest with you. Because if you condense everything down, you can't eat so much. Right, right. No, and, and I agree with you 100%. Now, do you do intermittent fasting every day or do you do certain days of the week? How do you, I try to do it every day. It? Now, on the okay. weekends, if, I, if, I, if we go out to dinner on the weekends, you know, if my girlfriend and I go out to dinner, I mean, I'm not going to not eat at seven o'clock if that's that what happens to be what time the reservation is at. But I try to do it. I do it every weekday for sure. You know, yeah. and then I, and I make sure I do it on Sundays just because Sundays is normally, you know, a, a chill laid back type day that I'm, I'm probably only going to get, you know, one one recovery type workout in that more than like a, a light run or a ruck or something like that. So I don't really I make sure I do it that day. But if any day I were to cheat on that, it'd probably be Saturday. But other, other than that, I've just gotten used to it for so long. I don't think that I could go back eating the other way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. And, and I've, too, been doing it uh, for several years now. And I find that for sure, Monday through Friday, uh, I mean, almost religiously, I'm always doing it um, outside of maybe a random vacation or something yeah. like that, where, where it just uh, you know, the indulgence is there and, and, and I want to do it. And then to your point, I also allow myself a little more freedom on the weekends, yeah. uh, whether it's with the family or some other event that we might have going on. But I do find that even when I allow myself to do it on those days, I don't always feel as good as I do when I'm actually intermittent fasting. I, you know, I, I always sometimes 100%. trick myself to think that, oh yeah, you know, I'm really going to appreciate this, you know, egg, whatever, or, or whatever earlier in the day. And I only find myself uh, not feeling as good the rest of the day by breaking that fast than when I do, if I, if I just held true and, and avoided those calories early in the morning. Um, so it's certainly a lifestyle. You also brought up a good point about, um, you know, finding that good balance between, or, or the strategy around, um, most of the time doing the right thing so that you're allowed a little bit of the freedom to, to, to do the exploring. So I, uh, and, and you're probably familiar with the whole concept of cheat day mm -hmm. and, and so the concept of that. Um, and, and I found that, especially when I'm working with clients and stuff, not to promote a cheat day per se, as much as kind of the lifestyle uh, switch to the 80, 20 rule. And, 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 and around that, what I mean is this is when we have a quote unquote cheat day, usually that's an, an excuse to overindulge and, and people will use that as an overindulgence. And as a result, um, you know, maybe kind of fall off the wagon, if you will, or kind of abuse their body. And then the rest of the week, they kind of have this, um, restriction <coughs> that doesn't allow them to really enjoy life maybe the way they want to versus kind of approaching da daily every day with this 80, 20 concept of well, 80% of the time, I'm going to be doing the right thing where 20%, I have a little bit more flexibility. So how have you incorporated a cheat day if you do or not, or some of that other mentality about like an 80, 20. That, that's, that's probably the, if, if, if I had a main point to, to drive home, it will be the discipline to 
include a cheat type or a lifestyle change versus saying I got to be so strict to, to your point, the 80, 20 rule. What I did was for, cause I, I mean, some, some packs and guys can eat three, four times a day and they don't have a problem with portion control. I just knew I did. So what I did was I broke it up into, you know, five to six smaller meals per day. Uh, and that way I would just eat every couple hours basically, you know, but so I figured it up like this. I said, if I have seven days a week and I have six days, six meals per day, roughly, that's 42 meals per week. If I just, all I have to do is be right 38 out of 42 times. And so that, that allows me, now I still have a cheat meal every Saturday night. You know, I mean, that's just on the current diet plan I'm on right now with my trainer. It's uh, I still do that. But when I first started, I just, I basically was like, that means I can, I can eat one, four bad meals or one per day and still lose weight. You know I mean? I don't have to be perfect with it. So that was a big catalyst and for me to develop in the discipline to say, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm going to wake up tomorrow and do this because the last thing I wanted to do is, is not take it one meal at a time and go into something that's so restrictive that I knew I wouldn't be able to, it wasn't sustainable for past even 30 days, let alone 180 or, or, or years, you know? Yeah, no, no. And, and there's nothing wrong with a quote unquote cheat meal. When I first started, I did backslide a little bit on this because a cheat meal and it being a cheat day and then it ended up right. being back to back cheat days, you know? And so I had to make sure if I want to have, if I'm needed exactly right, then I would do that. But I definitely, I think your body, if you're going to eat clean, so to speak, quote unquote clean throughout the week, I think your body definitely needs a, a cheat, a cheat meal or a cheat day, especially if you're active, you know? So what I try to do is I know I'm going to post, uh, I'm going to post twice on Saturday because we have two workouts that are on an hour long on Saturday. So I know I'm going to burn extra calories that day. And so Saturday is kind of my fun day. I mean, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do and enjoy life. And, and then I'm still going to eat, you know, my, my, within my dietary restrictions on, on a Sunday, but Saturday is kind of the day where if I want eat a large pizza that night, that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Sure. That's my one day to say, okay, I've earned that for this. That's my reward for being good throughout the week, you know, but being good throughout the week doesn't mean that, you know, when now I'm more disciplined about it. When I first started though, if I slipped up on a day here and there, my, the main concern was not let that to spiral into back to back meals. Cause that, that was a very easy slippery slope for me to go down in the beginning. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that that's the biggest concern people, all people have when they kind of implement some of that cheat mentality, because to your point, one turns into two and two into three, and then you, you kind of come off that uh, cycle is all about getting back on that wagon, if you will. And, 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 you know, I've discussed this previously, especially around things like holidays, like Thanksgiving, for instance, it's like, now go enjoy Thanksgiving, do whatever yeah, you want, but, but know that it's just one day it's over on Friday. Uh, get back on track the next day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just found that um, for me personally, instead of kind of having that mentality of only Saturday night as my cheat night, I have more of a, you know, it could be Wednesday night. It could be a Tuesday night. It could be whatever, because I also know that to what the point you made earlier, which I think makes a lot of sense is if you break down your meals in your case, like 72 meals and you say, well, if I hit 38 of these pretty well, well, those 38 can be any of those 38 and those other four or five or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Any other four or five. It, in other words, it's not so restrictive to where, well, it's Wednesday and we have an office party. So I'm not going to be perfect because Saturday is my day and not Wednesday. Now there's nothing wrong with being disciplined and you're willing to do it. Yeah, hundred percent. But, but like but if that were same, me, I would, I would enjoy that Wednesday and then yeah. just say, well, 
I don't have maybe to, this week. I might be wrong twice, but I'm going to be wrong most. I'm going to be right most of the time, and I wouldn't worry you know about what, it. And, and that's what it comes down to, is right. It's that law of average. Uh, it, and you know, uh, when I when I share with clients or uh, when I write, a lot of times I'll, I'll talk about you know, are there days that I'm pretty much perfect? Yeah, you're right. There are. Are there days when I'm pretty much not perfect? Uh, you better believe it. And but the law of average is that eighty twenty where I really try to keep that uh, that in mind. And it really has given me the freedom to sustain yeah, I think that that's lifestyle. I think for me personally, that's where I thought that dieting, the, the older I got, you know, because honestly, I mean, my metab- I was fortunate. My metabolism didn't slow down really a lot until I was probably 38, you know, uh, 40 years old. But when it did, it hit, you know, bad. But, but I mean, I just, I was, I had never really watched what I ate. I mean, I, I didn't eat like terribly bad food all the time. But the point being though, is that it was like, I'm not going to be perfect all the time. And I don't really have to be, I just have to be right most of the time. I mean, and as long as I'm putting the physical activity in it, you know, like right now, as long as I know, know if I post, then it's going to work out. And, but it's that delayed gratification. I think is a big thing because, you know, the scale, if you, if you're worried about the scale every day, then that can play some, some mind tricks on you, so to speak. You know, you're like, I should be losing two pounds a week or whatever. I mean, I don't really pay attention to that anymore. I pay attention to how I feel, how my clothes fit, things of that nature. I mean, I still weigh myself because it's a good checkpoint for sure. But uh, I think that I was more worried about, can I do this for 90 days? You know, is this, is right. this sustainable for four months? I didn't really care if I could get through it for a day or two, you know? But so, I mean, but that's that. But having said that, I put a 90 day, 90 day goal out and said, can I be right 90% of the time or whatever, 80% of the time? But it did start with baby steps. And then, of course, it's like anything else. Once you develop a little momentum there, the discipline to stay to it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. You know, I'm not motivated that much anymore. Plus now, if I eat bad now, it makes me kind of nauseated, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you brought up the point that I was about to make is, is just that, you know, I, I talk about, I give myself the freedom to do things, but at the same time, I also pay the consequence of doing those other things because the, the, the more you eat a certain way and you kind of slip into the other, uh, your body lets you know pretty quickly that, Oh, th- that doesn't settle just right. And over the years here, I've gotten less and less willing to quote unquote cheat because I already know the outcome on the other side. And yeah. at the end of the day, I'd rather feel better long-term than, than have a fleeting sensation of whatever that meal is or, or whatever, um, you know, at that time, but that, that took time that, that took me failing a lot a with my lot. diet over and over again. And so Pax, if you're listening, you're going, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I keep falling or failing or, uh, you know, I'm worried about the sustainability of it. It, it. It's just something you learn with time. It is a journey, uh, to, to think that you're going to make a decision today about the rest of your life being a certain way is, is ridiculous to think about. You, you're, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to fail. Um, and that's okay. And, and you got to take those cues and, and keep getting back up and, and working on it. Now you mentioned, obviously working with a trainer, you're, you're, I'm assuming probably still going to the gym in some capacity, but you're also obviously very involved with F3. How has your involvement with F3 enhanced your fitness or what, what, what does F3 bring to your overall health journey that you weren't getting prior to being part of it? I would say definitely the accountability. You know, and I mean, because you can go to the gym. It's easy to go to the gym when it's in your routine, you know, and F3 gets you so much out of your normal routine to make you a better man. I mean, it's just that's the best way I can describe it, because I was never one. I would get up at six and be at the gym by six thirty. 
you know, go for 45 minute shower at the gym and be at work by eight or eight 30. You know, I mean, that's what I mean, but now I got to get up at, if I even have posting at five 30, I still got to guess that extra two hours, you know, it makes change your whole day around. So, um, or if you have a night queue, you know, after work, it's still the same thing. So, um, but it was definitely the accountability and the camaraderie there. I mean, I knew that if I needed a, at first it was them pushing me, you know, uh, for, it was, I'll be honest with you, it was more selfish reasons. The first couple of times I posted, I just want to see if I could do it. But after that, I'm like, I'm very much so connecting with these guys in a way that I'm not going to connect anywhere else. So, you know, I mean, nothing against any other organization, but I'm, I mean, I just, it was a different type of brotherhood, if you will. You know, uh, everybody was just very awesome about it. So then I started posting just to be there for to the left and right of them. Before you know it, it went from saying, I'm going to set a goal of posting one or two times a week to, I think I post six or seven times a week now. You know, I mean, I try to post every day if I can. I mean, but it didn't start out like that. But now, I mean, now when I post, it's, it's less about the physical benefit for me. But that's that's the side, that's the, the fringe benefit, if you will. You know, like I'm staying in better shape now because I want to be there for them. But these guys push me every day, they push me harder than I push myself. And so in order to do that, where it fits in on my queen for the what I put into my body, I was like, I got to start eating better. to be. If I want to work out, for instance, or post or be very active with, you know, whoever it is, family, kids, you know, guys, you know, fellow packs, things of that nature. I got to start eating better because there's nothing worse than going to a five 30 morning workout when you ate really bad the night before and you feel very sluggish. <laughs> you have to use the bathroom, you know? Yeah. That's the and no one else wants you there when you're like that too. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> does, you know? So, and so just that little two hour shift, believe it or not, really made me say, I, I got to start eating earlier, you know, for one and not eating, you know, right before you go to bed. So I started eating three hours before I went to bed, you know, and, and got on a more of a, a regular schedule, you know, uh, uh, eating program, I guess you could say, but that the, just the, just the accountability without them even holding me accountable. It was just the fact that they were going to show up and I know they were going to give it a hundred percent. And if I wanted, and I wanted to feel good doing it. I didn't want to feel like I had just ate, you know, a, half a large pizza by myself every morning. So I was like, I got to, I got to change that. I got to eat something that's going to make me feel lighter and leaner, whether, whether it's healthy for me or not, I really didn't know or care at the time, to be honest with you. I just didn't want to feel, you know, I guess a better way to put it is loaded down or bloated or anything like that. I sure. just want to be able to go out here and get after this, man, because these guys are killing it. Yeah, no, I, I like to hear that transformation that you had uh, just with the, hey, you know, you're not alone on that selfish journey. I mean, I think all of us come out there initially for this selfish reason of I want to work out or, you know, I'm looking for something personally and it's about you and, and what you want to do. And to your point, the more you engage in that process, the more you quickly learn, it's not about you and it's about the other people and what you can help them do. So, I mean, that's a, that's a classic F3 transformation, uh, you know, that I've heard quite a bit and, and yeah. personally have experienced myself. Cause I mean, I was the same way. And I like to hear the fact that you kind of dipped your toe in the water, uh, with one or two posts a week. And then all of a sudden you're, you're finding yourself making it a daily habit. And I, and I did the same thing when I first came to F3, I was, you know, all intents and purposes, a gym rat, because that's all I knew yeah, to go do as far as my exercise. And probably for the first year of F3, I would wake up, go to a post and then at lunchtime, go to the gym because I was like, Oh, I'm, I still got to go to the gym. You know, I still got to go to yeah. do this. And then that eventually morphed into, well, why am I going to the gym still? Because I, you, you know, I, I could get what I need through F3 if I've really pushed it uh, the way I need to be pushed. And so, um, I, I like to hear that you're, you had a similar transformation as far as 
wanting to be part of that gloom more often than, than just the once or twice a week or whatever. So what from a, um, accomplishment standpoint, physical fitness standpoint, what do you feel like, uh, in the last, I guess, eight, nine months that you've been in F3, is there any like big, uh, things that you felt like you've accomplished as a result of the F3 brotherhood or some of the packs pushing you? For sure. So this whole thing started with, uh, before prior to F3, when I wanted to get in shape and lose weight, I'm not going to do that unless I have something to train for, you know, just that's, I mean, most men are competitive and I was like, I got to have something to compete against myself for, you know, regardless. So I signed up to do a, uh, a Spartan race and I did a, I, my, I was very stupid when I did it, but I did my first one was going to be a sprint and I, I signed up for the elite group, which is like the competitive <laughs> version, you know, I was like, I can go run seven miles and do this. So, and I, I keep in mind, I'm still 235 pounds when I signed up for this and the, the events in 120 days. So I was like, I got to get to 200 pounds, under 200 pounds, or else I'm not going to be able to do pull-ups and lift myself through those monkey bars and everything else. So I started doing two-a-days, et cetera, and went through it. And I got through it, you know. About uh, two miles in, I um, I broke my ring finger on my right hand. And I and then, of course, you know, I, I, I finished the race. But, I mean, it, that, was a, that was a hurdle for a little while. And so I, started, I was like, well, I need to lose how'd more you, weight. How would you break it? I was on the uh, Olympus wall or Olympic wall and I, I went to go grab a chain to, to pull back. And my, it was so muddy. My foot slipped and my ring finger got caught in the chain Ooh. and it snapped it. And oh, I, just, I, you know, I didn't want to get disqualified. So I just stuck it in mud and kept going. And then I was like, <laughs> it, it'll hurt tomorrow. But today I, I'm not going to, you know, I just kind of moved it back into where it was straight a little bit. And I was like, here, I'm going to do that. You know, because, <laughs> you know, when you first break it, it doesn't hurt that bad. You know, but today, sure. the adrenaline, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Plus, that was my first one, and I had made a big deal about it. And I was like, "I'm not gonna. I'm not. There's no way I'm not finishing this race." You know, um, were other F3 guys with you? No, this is this was about two months, about a month and a half before I started F3. Okay, so this is pre F3, right? And I probably okay. would have ended right there. Honestly, I probably. I mean, I I wanted to do all these Spartan events, but after that one, I was like, I mean, that was a lot tougher than I thought it'd be. Uh, and then I got involved in F3, and then was like, no, I need to, it just, it was more about saying, well, at the beginning of the year, my goal was to do four, at least four Spartan races, you know? And so I was like, I want to keep doing that. And so I, I kept training for it and doing that. And where F3 helped me out a whole lot was just the total body cardio, you know, because when you're running like that uh, for time, and then you have to go to a hard obstacle and then go run again. I mean, that's, that, that does a lot of, a lot, lot of cardio in there, you know? And what helped me was I started rucking. I had run, uh-huh. I had done a go ruck event maybe three or four years ago. Uh, and I was like, I can do that. It's not that bad. Then I started rucking with F3 and realized that it's a different kind of rucking. You know, it's, it's a lot more intense. You know, these guys yeah. are wearing 50, 60 pound bags and just acting like it was, they're talking like we're having a conversation mm-hmm. now. I'm over there sweating bullets, you know, heart rate's probably 150 beats a minute. Cause I can't, you know, I just couldn't keep up. So, uh, but I trained for it. I, I went to grow ruck in Charlotte and I'm um, up tearing my meniscus there a little bit. So I, I had to drop there. I, uh, but then, so then, of course, now I'm itching to get back to, to the next one so I can, and I, long story short, I had to have surgery, but I, and I fixed some other things there, but long story short, I'm, now I'm like pushing for that. So I'm doing that 75 hard right now, but it made me want to keep put the, the point I'm trying to make is it made me want to, I was going to probably, if without F3, I would have done one Spartan event and probably quit. And that'd have been, I wouldn't say the end of my fitness journey, but it would have been the end of me pushing myself. And I would have became not necessarily a sad clown, but I would have settled for status quo. You know, and then mm-hmm. through Q source, I'm like, it makes a lot of sense if you're not accelerating them. Therefore, by definition, you're decelerating. So 
I need to keep pushing myself and see how far I can take this thing while I'm, while I'm young and healthy, you know? And so ended up completing four Spartans this year. And I did do the end at Ruck. I did, I did do a, about a month before I had that compartment syndrome surgery. I did a, I did a 26 miler down there and I'm at the 10 year. That was brutal by the way. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I've shared. I sh- yeah. <laughs> well, I shared, you know, previously that, you know, I was at the 10 year. I had originally planned on doing that end at Ruck. And as that day progressed and the weather front was coming in and, the, <laughs> and some other things, I, uh, I, I took, I took the easy road. So I, I will say that uh, personally, I'm disappointed in myself for doing that. But at the same time, I was very pleased the next morning when I had a good night's sleep and you guys were rolling in uh, oh, a little, a little bit beat up. Uh, so I couldn't imagine, I but well, to I... your point though, um, you know, you, you've utilized F3, you know, at full capacity, uh, meaning that you're allowing it to accelerate yourself. I mean, I, unfortunately, I think it, like anything in life, we, we have to take advantage of what we've given the opportunity to do. And, and unfortunately there's, packs and, and people we know that come out that just kind of go through the motions and, and maybe just allow checking the box of showing up here and there to be their F3 experience where you, on the other hand, are allowing that camaraderie and that, you know, peer, peer pressure slash support, keep you yeah, driving I mean, to be better yeah, and better and better. I think it's a lot of two. You're going to, I mean, we're all creatures of habit and that's the way I learned F3, I guess you could say from the from the packs that were there. I mean, Kinston has a, it's a small region, but they, they have a very, they have a lot of good, solid high impact men there. They really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they're 30 or whether they're whalers age at 25 or, or whether they're, they're in their mid fifties, but I just saw them getting after it. And I'm like, you know, and they would push me in a good way. I mean, they would, you know, you know, bust my chops every now and then if I was to not, to not let me sandbag. But the main thing was they're like, why are you stopping and doing it one? If I had a one-on-one conversation with them, like, well, that was your goal. Why don't you do that? And I was like, you're, you're probably right. And so just by having a five minute conversation about it or two minute conversation about it said, you know, they're right. I mean, I, I really, I, I would, I'm not going to be, I'm not ever going to get 1% better every day. If I don't, if I don't have these little goals, you know, but now it's, mm-hmm. it's metamorphosized itself to where I don't have to have a training event to train for, to go work out and go get after it, you know, in the morning. So that's where F3 completely, mind trick me, I guess you could say, did a Jedi mind trick on me and said, Hey, yeah. you know, just go do it for the right reasons to be healthy because, you know, doing it, chasing a personal event or a personal goal is never going to be sustainable. I mean, you can only do that for so long, but getting out there with a group of men every day, that, that is sustainable because, you know, even on days you don't want to go, you're going to show up because, well, I ate seed and I know somebody's a Q and they went to my Q or whatever it is, you know, you're right. like, well, I owe it to them to, to go, you know, and I can't, I was probably, I probably shouldn't say this. That's probably 50% of the time I post. I, I post because I'm like, well, you know, they've shown up to my cues or, or they're at it every day. They posted five times. And I know if I want to be 1% better, then I should be doing the same. You know, they just set really good examples for me, especially the guys in their mid fifties here, you know, really good. Yeah. Examples. I'm like, man, if they can get after to do all that stuff with grandkids and kids and everything else, like with so much going on in every man's life these days, like there's no reason. There's no, I have no excuse. <laughs> this is in a story. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with what you just said, as far as that motivation piece. I mean, that is the importance of this accountability group of F3. I mean, if you probably polled majority of men across this nation that do F3, most of the time, none of us want to get out of bed that early. I mean, none of us wants to go out and post when it's, you know, in the teens or in the negative degree. I mean, 
And if all of us had to do it on our own, none of us would probably do it. Um, certainly not on a consistent basis. I mean, you know, maybe right. randomly we would, we would do it, but, but really it's that knowing that uh, other guys waiting on you or to your point, you, they supported you in some way, shape or form. And that's why you're going, I mean, that's a hundred percent reason I, I go, you know, most of the time it's yeah. not because all of a sudden I feel great at four in the morning and I want to get up at a bed and, and, and go outside in the, in the dark because, uh, you know, what I really want to do is stay in the, the bed, you know, fart sack and, and just kind of stay the, and, and make it easy. But I'm sure, you know, you have the same sentiment. Uh, I've never regretted getting up and going. Um, once you go, you're oh, so thankful that you do. Um, but it's because of this accountability and this, you know, um, this group pressure, I, I guess, lack of a better term. That allows <laughs> That's what you it to is. Do that. It's, it's a healthy, it's a healthy push. It really is. Exactly. I mean, it's, and, and it's unlike any, any other organization I've ever, been, I've ever been a part of, because it's all, like I said, it's all uplifting and accelerating. You know I mean? I'll give you another example. We're doing um 75 hard right now. And there's a, a few packs, you know, ENC and Kenson both are doing it. And so uh, we probably had maybe 30 people sign up for it. And we're 25 days into it now. And, I probably would have quit on day seven, <laughs> you know, to be honest. Yeah. With I mean, I would have, but just having to say, Hey, day 20 or day 10 green checkbox. And then having somebody else give you a fist bump and say that, and you're doing it for them. You know, there's no way I, there's no way I'm starting over now. I'm definitely going to finish it now, but you know, I mean, I don't think I would have without that push, you know, I mean, sure. that's just, uh, you know, that's just, uh, I mean, so especially with you know, the as cold as it's been lately, you know, you have a ton of different reasons not to go, but there's no, even if it was warm outside, there's no way I'd do that by myself. I mean, I've tried it before and I made it like 31 days. Yeah. You know, and then I was like, well, then I, of course I missed a workout or I had an extra cheat meal or whatever it is, you know? So, I mean, I, mean, I was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't ever do it, but now, and I mean, I'm, there's guys in there that's transforming their lives and they probably wouldn't do it either. You know, but on day 76, I'm definitely eating a, a cheeseburger. <laughs> Tell me, to, uh, so just for clarity, uh, what is the hard 75? So 75 hard is you work out twice a day, 45 minutes. Okay. They got to be, they got to be three hours apart, 45 minutes each. Uh, one has to be outside rain or shine. So that fits in with F3 perfectly. Uh, you have to read 10 pages of a book every day. Uh, you cannot uh, have any alcohol for 75 days and you're not allowed any cheat meals unless it's in your diet. You know I mean? That's the, I was like, no cheat meals, but that's in my diet. But you know, what does uh, cheat like, meal? What does cheat meal mean? Like so in the so in the context you, of seventy five. Right. So if you're uh, doing whatever, if you're on a paleo diet or a keto diet, or like me, I'm doing a custom diet. You know where I eat. I basically eat six ounces of protein with okay. a half a cup of carbs at every meal. You know, okay. that I mean, and at night I eat. So, but in built into that to kickstart my body, I could have like a steak and a baked potato. That's like my cheat meal on Saturday night. So, Got but it. you can't. It's not nothing else. So if you're doing a keto diet, then you have to stick to that diet. And whatever you have to follow the guidelines in there, so you wouldn't be able to eat any carbs, for instance, you know, over twenty grams or whatever. I gotcha. And so I would imagine cheat meal also encompasses probably just for the general public, you know, some of these cakes and candies and junk foods and things like that. Yeah, I'm assuming that that's stuff. what you're. you're you got to follow that things. diet to a T, and then you also have to drink a gallon of water every day. I got it. And so, so and and then so every day. For seventy-five days, that's the that's the the recipe between the book reading up, and the, wake, and the up, wake. wake up, work out outside. I try. I F three. I work out outside, and then I uh, get some more water in. Read ten pages of a book. Of course, no alcohol. You know, start my intermittent fasting, all that stuff. And then at night, 
sometimes three hours later at noon at lunchtime or at night, I have to get another workout in. So I either go for a rug or I'll do yoga. Thankfully in Kinston, we have a couple of night posts three times a week. So I normally go to that, which helps me stick to it even more, you know? Sure. Um, but so I'm posting grow it right now. So it's a, uh, the morning workouts are a lot longer than 45 minutes because we're doing HDT training and then posting. Oh, wow. so I gotcha. I, you know, EC, it says EC every day. So I'm like, well, if you're going to do it, do it all one time, why not? Just get it out of the way. Say you did it. Yeah. No. And, you know, that kind of leads into my next question I was going to have ask you, which is, you know, what's on the docket for the next big event for you? And it sounds like maybe this Grow Ruck coming up uh, Eastern. Yeah, Grow Ruck, Grow Ruck GT26 in Greenville, North Carolina for ENC, uh, March 26th, I believe it is. Yeah. I'm definitely doing that. Uh, probably going to do another Grow Ruck. Uh, I'll, do a, I'll, do a grow, I'll do a Spartan race. I'm doing a Spartan trifecta weekend in May. And okay. then I'm going to do a go ruck sometime in July, either in Raleigh or Charlotte. I uh, probably, uh, you know, just uh, probably do a heavy because I've never done a heavy. And then yeah. I do another, probably finish up my, another trifecta weekend. I'm trying to do West Virginia because I hear it's pretty hard in like September. And then I, I'll do probably the Virginia beach grow ruck. And then I'm, I'm going to be training for the, my goal is next year, if I can stay healthy and make it is do the heavy, tough, basic go ruck for, um, at, at Bragg next year. Oh, wow. So, so that's, it's going to be a year long of training for that. So I figured if I can sprinkle an event every other month to keep me on my toes too. Yeah. And you're part of an organization, you know, with F3, that's going to keep you accountable. Now this podcast is going to announce that a uh, hard commit from you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm definitely committed to it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, now, now you're in it, buddy. You just announced to the world that you're going to be part of that in about a year. So, uh, uh, boys around Kingston, uh, keep him accountable, uh, to keep, to keep his acceleration going and moving forward. But, uh, man, I really appreciate it, Chip, uh, uh, SpongeBob for sharing all this information with us today. I, I got a couple final questions for you to, uh, to wrap this thing up. And my first one is this, uh, you've already shared amazing tips and things that people can utilize for their health. But if you had to kind of boil it down to three tips that you can give someone to accelerate their hunt for wellness, what would that be? Start small. Okay. You know, take, take things one meal at a time. And, and that would be the first tip is don't try to make life, life changing, like just this huge dramatic event about it. Just you don't even need an announcement to yourself. Just say today, I'm going to try to do 1% better and then and start small and then, and then try to string together, you know, five days in a row before you break it or something like that. You know, the second thing I would say would be to uh, start small and then what is incremental changes and then I hold yourself accountable to that, you know, like keep a food journal or something or just put, what I did was I literally made a little Excel sheet and print it off in a grid like pattern every day for like 14 days. I did one, I, I went without one good meal or one bad meal. When I first started, I gave myself a checkbox, you know, and so start small, stay, stay disciplined enough to do that. But the third thing I will say is the discipline really. I mean, you know, tell, get a battle buddy, tell somebody that you're going to do this, uh, be, you know, prep for it a little bit by knowing what you eat, but don't ever take on something that you know you can't do. I think that was my big thing. I was like, other people are eating super clean and they're getting after it and they're, they're like 8% body fat. There's no reason why I can't do that. Half that stuff's airbrushed on the magazines anyway. You're never <laughs> going to be like that. Don't care to. Uh, but I, I mean, I, you do need to eat better for, for performance. But to me, it was about starting small and making it manageable on something I know I could do and then having the discipline to stick to it when I didn't want to. 
I think Mike mm-hmm. Tyson probably had the best discipline quote I've ever heard in my life. He said, discipline is doing something that you don't like to do and at, and doing it like you love it. Ah, there you, know? you go. And so, yeah. you know, and I don't like eating great. I hate it, to be honest with you. But I mean, I love working out, but I hate eating. I hate eating bad because I love food. But he's right about that, you know. So I just took it as a challenge. And I said, if we have to be disciplined and accelerating all other aspects of our life with our concentrica and our everything else, daily red pill from that, then why shouldn't I be doing that on my, on my queen too? And that's when I realized that I was like, that's my gesture. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's what's making me be bad about it. So, I mean, those are the three things though. Start small, make sure you can um, make sure you set a goal that you can actually achieve as very easily achieve, achievable and then just stay disciplined to do it before you know it. It is just, it'd be like a domino effect. It is stacked like you're building a, a skyscraper or something. It just stack on top of one another. Perfect, man. Appreciate that. And I do have one final question, but uh, before I ask it, I just want to take a few moments here and just acknowledge you, say thank you again for your willingness to, to jump out and be vulnerable and, and, and share your health strategy and journey and some of the things that uh, you know, you're doing personally. I think uh, a lot of the things that you shared today are extremely practical, and I think a lot of guys that might be struggling in certain areas of their, you know, their journey can certainly glean some knowledge from you. So I appreciate that. Thank you for doing this. Um, if somebody wanted to follow up with you personally, if they wanted to reach out to you to kind of ask questions or join you in any of these excursions you got going on this next year, what's the best way for people to do that? Uh, they can have uh, three SpongeBob on Slack if they have Slack. If not, they can. That's uh, the national channel. That's the yeah, I'm on, I'm channel. Yeah, I'm on Bob on the national channel as well. So you can just type okay. that in. Uh, and if and, uh, I think uh, in parentheses, I have Kenton for the region up there. So uh, it's SpongeBob Kenton. Uh, or they can email me. It's just uh, Chip Herring, C H I P H E R R I N G, 2019 at gmail.com. Perfect. Either way. And if you uh, email me or slap me, then I would give my phone number. People will probably lose it anyway. I think people. Yeah. Do. I got the, just slack faster. So, but my, my phone number's on Slack. So just get it up there if you want it up there. So. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. And so my final question is this, uh, what is your definition of wellness? Being healthy enough to enjoy life with those that you love. Perfect. I love that, it. Man. That, that's about as good as, about as succinct as I can put it. I want, to perfect. To, I want to be 70 years old and still be able to play five football with the grandkids and stuff like that. So, you know, I love a healthy life and an active life, but and you mainly do it for the people that you love. I mean, you owe it to them. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the hunt for wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation Slack at bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.